0: Now we do what we we are so blessed to be in this nation. We are so blessed to have the presence of God within our lives. Like I'm just going to share a little bit this morning um, as we've been uh, going through a series on prayer, learning what prayer is, and really I think that what God wants to remind us of is just how powerful and effective prayer truly is. I mean, prayer is just communicating with God, just communicating with God. He doesn't want to only hear what's on our hearts and minds. In fact, he knows our need before we ever even bring them to him, the scripture reveals. But God also wants to speak to us. He wants to move in our lives. He wants to um, to, to shape us into the people that he created us to be. Even as, uh, was it Jeremiah that he brought to the potter's wheel? And he's like, this is what I want to do with you. This is what I want to do with you. He wants to shape and form us into the people he created us to be. And so we're going through this journey learning about what prayer is. Last week we we learned a little bit about because of the unchanging nature of God, his character and his nature that does not change, about how when we pray, God will essentially change his mind, which seems like a heretical teaching. But really God is honoring our actions, our desires. Um, He honors uh, us in that way. So when we intercede in prayer for people, God hears those prayers and he responds. This week we're gonna see how our prayers actually affect the heavenly realms. This is something we don't talk about very often. The heavenly realms around us. I know Bethany it kind of creeps around a little bit to think about that. Like there's there's angels and demons and these you read about you know the, the creatures that sit before the throne room in revelation, eyes all over them and everything, you know? It's like wow. But it's a reality. But when we pray, things happen in the heavenly realm. And of course we're going to start at Pentecost, because how, how much greater of an example do you see than when that happened? Um, God answers his promises. We learned that last week, right? He's not a human that he should change his mind. He doesn't speak and then not act. He doesn't promise and then not fulfill. Well, Jesus made a promise. He made a promise to those who are following him. We find this uh, promise fulfilled here in Acts 1 and 2, and We're all very familiar with these accounts. I'm going to breeze through them here. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, we read that they, and that was about 120, they were joined together constantly in prayer. So this is a persevering, pressing through kind of prayer. Because Jesus gave them a promise. They didn't know. They they knew that they were going to receive the Holy Spirit. They had no idea how to know when they were going to receive it, what it would look like, what it would feel like. How do you know when you receive the Holy Spirit? You know, they really didn't know anything. This is all brand new. That's what I love about the kingdom of God. It's always brand new. He's always doing something new. Always doing something old in a new way. It's just who He is. So they are all constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with His brothers. Because the kingdom is about kingdom people, right? Male, female, Greek, Jew, Gentile, whatever. You're all one in the kingdom. And in Acts 2, chapter 1, verse 11, it says, The day of Pentecost came. They were all together, again, in that same place. Suddenly, the sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Of course, you, you know we're Pentecostal here, so who was praying All of them were praying, right? They're all praying in one time. And and who was speaking in tongues? All of them. Who was doing the speaking? They were, all of them. But who was enabling them to speak in other tongues? The Holy Spirit. It's a cooperation. If anybody's ever speaking in tongues and they're in a trance and being forced to do so, that ain't the Holy Spirit. You, you, we, we want to take care of that spirit in a different way, okay? <laughs> There's a cooperation, but the Holy Spirit enables us to speak in other tongues. So you're speaking not from your mind but from the spirit. It's really an interesting, strange thing. In fact, uh, we read all about that and you can study it later. First Corinthians 12:14, Acts 10:19 about that topic. But what was really cool about this encounter at Pentecost is it says in verse 5 that they were staying in Jerusalem, and of course it's Pentecost, Passover just happened, so everybody from all these different nations uh, who were Jewish came back to Jerusalem in that time. And it it says so that they were all staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one, they heard their own language being spoken. These were tongues of men. Uh, 1 Corinthians teaches us that when we pray in tongues, we pray in the tongues of men and angels. You know, So they are speaking in other earthly languages, languages of men, and they said, they were utterly amazed, and they asked, aren't all these people who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear them in our own native language? And it goes through the whole list of nations that were there. Um, Jews and those who converted to Judaism. And they said they hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own language. And so you see, as they were together praying, something happened in the heavenly realms. The promise of God was released. They were all together praying and they all received that promise of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit, all at one time. Something significantly changed. It was a prophecy from Joel chapter 2. A promise, a prophetic promise came to pass. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in different languages of men declaring the wonders of God. And just a few moments later, thousands were saved. Thousands chose to put their faith and to start following Jesus. Even though at that time it could mean losing their lives. They, They were sold out. They were following Jesus. You see, the Spirit of God is poured out into all people. And something interesting happens. When heaven meets earth, when the heavenly realms, the spiritual realms, meet the natural, something gives, something happens. We see this happen all throughout the Scripture. There are physical evidences of it. In fact, um, when uh, they came back together in Jerusalem to talk about you know, all these non-Jews that were being saved, and they were arguing, debating, and they're like, how do we handle this, and what do they need to follow, and what, what rules, and what laws, and, you know, are they, they Jews, are they not, you know. The reason that they knew that they were all saved and that God had given them the Holy Spirit was because there was physical evidence of it. They, all throughout the books of Acts, when they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in other tongues, and often they would prophesy too. Um, there was evidence, they knew that they had received the Holy Spirit. But when heaven meets earth, it's just, it's really cool. Um, and I think back to the first temple, when Solomon had built it. And they were dedicating the temple to the Lord. You know, and they carried in the Ark of the Covenant, and they placed it in the, the, the Holy of Holies. It was a place where heaven and earth were to meet, where the natural and the spiritual uh, were, were to collide. And something happened... When the Holy Spirit showed up in that place, when He showed up, when the presence of God, the physical presence, showed up in that most holy place in the Holy of Holies, the the glory of God showed up, and it showed up in a physical, tangible way. This cloud filled the temple so much so that the priests couldn't even continue filling their duties; they 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 were just they were out. It, it was an awesome Pentecostal kind of service, you know. Glory cloud showed up, and they were laid out and. <coughs> Awesome. Now, thanks to Jesus, the Old Covenant is fulfilled. He didn't eradicate it. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled the Old Covenant. He made a new covenant, a a new agreement with us. And that is the reality which the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, foreshadowed. The reality of whatever it was a copy of. Now the place where heaven and earth meet, the place where the Holy of Holies is, where the most holy place is, where spiritual and the natural collide, this place where prayer is to occur and God is to answer as, uh, as he hears our prayers that, that Joel prophesied about is located right there in your seats. It's so awesome. So, so awesome to think about this reality. You are the new temple of the new covenant. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, "'Don't you know you yourselves are God's temple?' God's Spirit now dwells in you. 1 Corinthians uh, 6, verse 18 through 20, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. God has chosen us, our bodies, our physical bodies, to be a place for the indwelling of his presence. The infilling of his presence. God has chosen us as priestly intercessors between heaven and earth through prayer. Through prayer. First fact, we read this in 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 10. Peter wrote and he said, You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. That's what priests would do is intercede between man and God. You are a holy nation. You are set apart for God's purposes. You're God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you Do you see this again over and over and over again God keeps calling us out to this thing these mouths that he gave us there's a reason that everybody heard and was bewildered in Jerusalem it's because they heard what was happening he has given us his Holy Spirit so that we may declare praises of Jesus who called us out of darkness Into his wonderful light. Once we weren't a people. I didn't know who half you were, you know, at one point in time, right? Once we weren't a people. But now, you guys know what we say about butts. Butts are big in the Bible, right? But, but now you are a people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy, right? (laughs) You've received it. You've received it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 through 6. To him who loves us. To him who has freed us from our sins by his own blood. He has made us to be a kingdom. He has made us to be priests who serve his God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. When we pray, when we intercede, we affect the heavenly realms. This is Crazy to think about. I'm just scratching the surface. I don't understand this yet. I don't know if I'll ever understand it. But when we pray, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. When we pray, something happens. We all know Ephesians 6, right? What are we supposed to put on? The whole armor of God, right? We know our battle lies. It's not that annoying co-worker. It's not your spouse, right? There's a battle in the heavenly realms, but it manifests physically from time to time, right? But your battle's not against flesh and blood. You're gonna fight a losing battle if you're always fighting flesh and blood. Our battle's in the heavenly realms. That's why we, we can bless those who curse us. That's why, why, you know, if someone steals our shirt, we give them our coat, too. They force us to walk them out, we walk another mile with them. Because that battle ain't against them, right? It's in the heavenly realms. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world. Against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so we put on the full armor of God. I'm not going to read through it because we all know it. But then what are we called to do in verse 18? And pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray on all occasions. Pray with all kinds of prayers. Pray with all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. <laughs> Imagine that. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Paul said, pray for me also, that whenever I speak, that words would be given to me so that I can fearlessly Make known the mystery of the gospel, which is why I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray, 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 pray. We are called to pray and to stand firm and to pray and to resist and, whew, that's how you, you fight your battles in the spiritual realms too. But when we pray, there is a physic. There's a, a heavenly thing that takes place. I mean, just. Think about some of these. There's a battle that takes place. I love this one in Daniel chapter nine and verse chapters nine and ten. Daniel he he decided he wanted to understand God. What is going on here? If you don't know Daniel's story, read through it. He was taken off. God's people had sinned against God. Got taken off into slavery. I mean, he got put under uh, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, to serve him. Uh, Because he wasn't bad looking and he was kind of smart, you know? So he got put in the king's service. But Daniel, he wanted to understand what was happening and why it was happening. And as soon as he decided that he wanted to understand and he started praying, we read in in Daniel chapter 10 that as soon as he was interceding in prayer for the forgiveness, and talk about intercessory prayer, read Daniel chapter 9. Daniel prayed for our sins, even though he was a righteous person. He prayed forgiveness for his sins, the sins of his people. He confessed everyone's sins as if though they were his own, as if though he personally committed them. That is a true intercessor. When you just stand in the gap on behalf of somebody else, you humble yourself, even though you may be righteous in God's sight, and you say, I did it, right? For, first Corinthians, if my people or called by my name would humble themselves and pray... Daniel was praying that kind of intercessory prayer for his nation, for his people. And and an angel came and revealed to him that as soon as he started that way, an angel was sent to him. That angel had the understanding of a vision that he was given. But that angel was resisted by the prince of Persia. This is one of those rulers, authorities, or forces in the heavenly realms that's in Ephesians 6. We know it wasn't a physical person. We can clearly interpret and understand that, as Daryl taught us to interpret scripture correctly, when you read through that chapter. In fact, he was resisted by this prince of Persia, and so God sent Michael, an an archangel of God, to go and to rescue that angel, so that that angel could go and give an explanation and understanding of the vision that Daniel had. When Daniel started to pray, something happened in the heavenly realms that we don't see. An angel was sent, and then uh, another principality or force or authority and in the heavenly realms stopped that angel from coming apparently he was too puny of an angel I don't know so Michael an archangel which is apparently one of the higher authorities if not the highest authority in the angelic realm and being um, he had to go and set that angel free so if you ever notice that you pray and just something's not ha- nothing's happening You know, and you're praying, and you're praying. Of course, we talked about all the different reasons that could be. But you don't know what's happening in the heavenly realms. Your answer may have already been released. That angel may already be coming to move on your behalf, or to bring that understanding, or or to bring that revelation. And there's a battle in the heavenly realms that you're unaware of. In fact, we read that this was um, all taking place over the the, uh, period of about 21 days. About 21 days that angel couldn't come. It's crazy to think about, right? While worshipers were praying in the temple, an angel named Gabriel came to Zechariah to bring a message of good news about a long-awaited son that would take away Elizabeth and Zechariah's shame. They were going to have this baby. Uh, Judges 13, Manoah, he prayed. God sent an angel to he and his wife regarding the birth of their son, Samuel. Genesis 21, God heard the crying of Ishmael. Who Hagar had left in the bushes of the desert just to die. Because they ran out of water. She couldn't provide for him. Sarah was just mean and nasty to her. God heard the prayer of that child. So we talked about that with Emrin this morning. God heard the, the cry of that child. And sent an angel on their behalf. Brought Not only brought a revelation um, that Ishmael would also be blessed into a great nation. <laughs> even though Abram and Sarah sinned and tried to do it on their own. God was still going to let that blessing, um, you know, apply to that, that um, child. And he, the angel uh, guided them to water as well. Um, Numbers chapter 20 and all the way through Exodus, we know that God heard the prayers of his people in Egypt who were being oppressed. So he sent an angel to deliver them and to guide them through the desert by way of a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. That was an angel. Why did God send an angel? Because he said, if I go down there enough to deal with those people, I'll kill them. They're stiff-necked people. I mean, that's literally what God said. So he sent an angel. He sent an angel. In Judges chapter 6, when God's people prayed as they were being oppressed by the Midianites, God sent an angel to a dude named Gideon, right? We talked about him, you know, a little bit the last week or the week before. 2 Samuel 24, verse twenty-one. when an angel of the Lord was destroying the promised land with a plague, because David done screwed up, and he was given two or three choices. Anybody remember two or three choices? I think it was three choices, and God said, you know what? Destroy three. All right! I was waiting, you know, anybody gave it all or like, you know, get a, a war gun. I, I, I can't do that. But anyways, yeah, three. David was given three choices. He chose to let God destroy his own people. And um, it was so cool. While the angel of the Lord was standing there with his sword destroying the, the nation, like, uh, what's his name's house? I'm I'm sorry, yeah, I should have studied this a little better, but what's his name? You know, that guy back in, um, in, uh, yeah, wherever we're at. um, He saw the angel standing there at at his threshing floor. And David prayed, and God stopped that destroying angel. Uh, Isaiah chapter 37, Hezekiah, he prayed for God's deliverance from the Assyrian kings. So God sent an angel who killed 185,000 people from the Assyrian camp. Mark 9, Jesus, he was casting out a deaf and mute spirit. And he said some kinds of spirits can only be cast out through prayer and fasting. When you pray, something happens in the heavenly realms, right? (sighs) Daniel 6, Daniel chose to kneel and pray toward Jerusalem. He did that three times every day. If you ever watch Tales, you know that, right? All of a sudden, it was illegal to pray to anyone other than the king. So Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. And what did God do? God sent an angel to close the mouths of the lions and to deliver him. Um, Acts chapter 12, King Herod, he was persecuting the church. He just killed James by the sword. He seized and imprisoned Peter. What did the church do? They prayed fervently. There was an all night prayer session called. They were praying passionately, fervently, is what how the, the scriptures indicate it. So God sent an angel to release Peter from prison. And then he led Ma- them to Mary's house, the very place where they were praying, still praying, still interceding for him. And they were like, that can't be Peter. Like, it just is a really fun story to read. But God sent an angel. So when we pray, And, I mean, there's so many other scriptural examples here. When we pray, something happens in the heavenly realms. So often, God releases angels. And we're going to wait until two weeks from now to talk about what angels are and the role that they fill. So that's where I'm cutting her short. It's fun. Anybody ever have an angelic visitation? I I know Becky, yeah. Yeah, Nate had one, he just didn't know about it see, Becky, Becky and I were, were young, and we had our firstborn, and we, we liked to fight about who was going to get up and, and and feed the baby, and she was breastfeeding, so she had no choice. She had to feed the baby, but who's going to go get him, you know? That was a whole other story, and we were just exhausted and whatever, and I mean, you could share the testimony, but somebody brought Nathaniel to Becky, and it definitely wasn't me, you know, and brought comfort. And there's a couple of other times that we've seen things happen. Uh, we were broke down alongside the road, and Literally, I don't know why we didn't think about it at the time, but this guy in, like, white clothes stopped and helped me change the tire inside the road, and then he was gone. And we didn't really think about that. It was just so bizarre, but we think it might have been an angel. Cool thing is, the Bible says some of us have entertained angels and not even known it. So we're going to learn about angels soon. They're pretty cool. Sorry. All right, so with that, we're going to close. So Jesus, we thank you. We're so grateful for you, for who you are, for what you've done for us. God, we know you're only getting started. God, whatever we are going through right now, you know what is on every single person's heart and mind that is weighing them down. And right now, Jesus, we just cast that weight off. We cast off that fear. We cast off that anxiety. We cast off that depression. We cast it on you, Jesus, because you care for us. And Holy Spirit, come and fill us anew and afresh, just like you did on the day of Pentecost. We are desperate for you. We need you. We need your presence and we need your power. And we thank you as we get to learn more about these angels that you send and what is happening in the heavenly realms around us as your word reveals that to us. Just thank you for always loving us, And never given up on us for the hope that you have toward us that we get to hand out freely to others in your name. Amen.